0: Everybody, what's up? It's Left Look. I don't know what day it is, but I'm here with Jacob.
1: It's April the second, and uh, hello, brother Julian.
0: <laughs> and DJ. Hey. Hey. Uh.
2: This is our yeah, 40th. Well, comfy.
1: This is our 40th episode. I just hey, I just want to celebrate what? that. Yeah, this is our 40th episode.
0: Wasn't the last one 40?
1: No, last one was 39.
2: Why That's do how a- counting works.
0: Why do I have a file? Oh right, F. Okay. F.
2: The F in that um, file name means fucked up. It's uh, it's four twenty. It's four twenty. Oh yeah, uh, fucking uh, blaze uh. It. I I don't I well, I looked at the clock because it's the fortieth episode. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, Jillian. Yeah. What podcast? Yeah, a little. Is this? Uh, we uh you all thrown off. What? Almost forgot the the intro, the interestinger. We had a cold oh. open last episode. Yeah,
0: I yeah I was a little slow on the draw there. Three you off your groove. Sorry, I apologize. No no no, that's just me. That's just who I am. And this is Left Look. It's a premier independent podcast from the Gatto Institute, where we'll be taking a look at Canadian international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased, loving perspective. Also do you premier podcasting dependent l'Institute Gateau, Uno Patron sur l'Art diversity, Divertisman, Canadian International Pour vous offering perspective and Parchelle de Gauche.
1: I shouldn't have uh talked shit last time. That was smooth.
2: I was I that was, was fond of that one. I, I was you good. know you know what I uh this is what was invoked inside of me as you spoke with that with that <laughs> smooth uh radio what, broadcaster the voice. The the radio broadcaster voice, the um, the mellifluous tone of your voice there uh i was i was taken back to you know the, the early 70s sitting in my spacious lounge with my <laughs> with my cryptically shipped fireplace and the radio turned on across the room as i sprawl out with a whiskey in one hand just yeah, the radio's on, isn't it? Oh Hell yeah. yeah. Mellifluous,
1: yeah, a word I don't know. Very good. Uh, um
2: yeah, I've been taking notes.
1: Um I got the word. For me the 70s is not the vibe. It was definitely I'm driving around in my uh, well oversized car in the 50s uh, and that voice comes really? over, you know. <laughs> uh, Hello. That's funny. Welcome
0: cuz that's not what I was going for at all. What were you going no, for? Like, like a WWE? A no, like a half-assed Jeff Goldblum.
1: <laughs> jeff goldblum It's the premier independent <laughs>
0: podcast from
1: the Gatto institute i don't think that was anything like jeff goldblum
0: no uh, not really i was going a little fast
2: maybe next week life
0: uh, just start doing your price, price. way.
2: <laughs> that's the only jeff goldblum i know um, that's my only contribution
1: what a it's giant a pile one. of shit <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, does he actually he, he does say no. that in the uncensored version doesn't he? yeah
1: and um <laughs> there's the uh what's it called independence day i could probably whip up an independence day quote or two if i was pushed on it oh,
0: why don't you put a dinosaur up your ass yeah the uh... famous quote from independence day <laughs> i've <laughs>
2: never a... seen the movie so honestly yeah julian could be right why they... don't
1: you put an alien up your ass there are two <laughs> independence days the second one terrible Uh just terrible
2: sequels are like that yeah sequels tend to be pretty bad sometimes they're not sometimes they're not yep speaking of sequels let's uh let's roll off a last episode oh Um, yeah i mentioned there was a crackpot question yeah and i might have hyped that up too much but (laughs) here goes as as individuals with various The masses might call them left-leaning ideologies. I think we call them, you know, the correct way to live. Yeah, yeah. Common sense. But Common sense, yes. Very, very, very well worded. Um, As these sorts of individuals are, and this is kind of hard to ask, are the vegans our allies?
1: God, no. (laughs) Fucking liberals.
2: They're liberals, right? And, uh, are they, though? They're, like, liberals with a conscience. Vague. Upper they, animals. They, they could they could be <laughs> lifted, right? They could be martial. Nope. Yeah. They've they
0: identified a sense of injustice, and, like, that's getting further than a lot of people. But their solution is just, like, buying stuff differently, and that doesn't really help.
1: If I was to extend True. an analogy of the left playing a game of chess against the right... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that whoever wins gets to decide the future of humanity liberals generally are just pieces on the board but vegans Mm -hmm. in particular are like a knight that's on your side of the board that's his piece that you just can't get and it's really inconveniencing you You yeah i mean it is they are so uh they are such a reflection of woke culture that our perspective is so maligned often with, right? When really mm-hmm. we are the correct interpretation of what wokeness should be,
2: right? Yes, like, we are.
0: Right. That's know. why we get the fucking think tank
2: money. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our pittance. Yeah. yeah. I, I suppose when I think of, or, or maybe the reason I bring this question up is because in my mind the you know uh the epitome the the perfect vegan is maybe more of like a solar punk very like lib lib left kind of person just totally off the grid just completely like no i refuse to even engage i'm so <laughs> vegan that i'm not even going to the store i don't buy things good heaven no yeah. everything i consume <laughs> is something i've curated and and invested my love in and this is the these are the only things i'm going to shove in my body but uh saying that out loud i realize how much of a crackpot i sound um i can't no vegans like that
1: i can't think of any vegan who would agree who would agree to like socialist policies right like uh free housing for all and free food for all or something like that you know there would just be they would no doubt in my mind parrot just liberal talking points about we well, can't steal from the hard working, you know, people will always work harder than others. I just, I don't respect them as a group.
2: I think, um, I, I think perhaps at one point there was more overlap. Like when I think of the, the, you know, the very hardcore hippies of like the hippie movement mm-hmm. where, yeah. yeah, they, they were very invested in like communal housing and aiding the poor. And, having, having communal farms and whatnot. The, you know, the
1: vegan society that you mentioned last week, uh, they started Uh in 1944. Uh I bet my ass that they were communists when they started. Right. And that today they're just overgrown (laughs) with fucking liberals.
2: Yeah. So perhaps, perhaps has become a perversion of its, of what it should be. If
1: you're keeping track, it's uh, at home. I now have two nuts in my ass tied up in bets
2: good uh yeah keep that written down folks uh follow the lore if jacob returns assless one day you'll know why yeah he's gotta stand for the podcast yeah he's gotta stand until we get him one one of those really fancy chairs you
1: guys both literally went into that i was figuratively thinking about you know like anyways continue anyways
2: (laughs) if you're a vegan and you're listening go wild go nuts you don't got to be a liberal you can turn your rain on whenever you want. <laughs> we'll be waiting for you. <laughs> as a side note, uh, and I bring this up as a conversational point, not as really just just a fill time. Uh Jacob, you mentioned chess. Uh, recently I've been reading that there's a bit of a stir in the chess world. Are you talking and about I the, bring this up?
1: Are you talking about the anal beads thing?
2: No, no, uh. no, no anal beads here. There's uh um uh and I bring this up as a, because I know you enjoy chess as an individual. There's there's a bit of a stir in the chess world because a lot of very young players, um, teenagers, young teenagers, 12 to 16, are getting really into chess, just worldwide. Yep. Uh, people cannot stop kids from playing chess. And there's been uh, the inception of this new tactic right? Uh, called... <laughs> oh, please. I love this i love this it's called uh the the terrible advisor gambit the what the terrible advisor gambit okay and what it involves is two players sit down to play chess but one of them has brought in a third party <laughs> just complete they find somebody completely random and the entire tactic is that that person they've asked them to help them play chess mm. and so this person comes in and doesn't matter you know if they're playing uh, white or black if they're moving first or not the player turns to them and says, what do you think I should do? And just regardless of of what they say, the person goes, oh, OK, OK, yeah, that's really interesting. OK, I'll take that into account and they might play their moves. They might not. But the entire point of the gambit is to just fuck up the other player because they'll never know if they're taking their advice or if oh, it's I a see. terrible joke. I see. So they they can never adjust their tactic to be like, OK, I need to think I'm playing a, a bad player or no wait." This tactic might be really good, <laughs> just just brilliantly chaotic. So I love it.
0: That hinges on the opponent being able to see your third party, I guess. Eh.
2: To, yeah. So I mean, like, and I'm thinking a standard high school environment where things are very open ended. Oh, you know, if. I like the lunch in,
0: table. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah,
2: exactly. A very, very. You know.
1: That reminds. Glass walls. That reminds me of. Uh, a Russian military tactic, disguise, uh, uh-huh. it's called Maskarovka, and it means uh-huh. disguise, and uh, they developed it during World War II, and it's basically to try and uh, deny your enemy any kind of predictive powers about what you're going to do, right? And mm-hmm. that, that's really all that is. It's just you're trying to limit your opponent's ability to try and think of what you're going to do next by, one, blurring who you are as a person, and then, two, giving them feeding them bad information all the time too it's very yeah clever uh, it's
2: super clever i it's but i just like it's very clever it's very well thought out i love how chaotic it is (laughs) i uh
1: i think the the epidemic of chess among teens which is real that is a real thing that's going on right now uh is great it's a great thing for society to be more interested in chess but Mm -hmm. like it, it should be you know limited too right like people shouldn't uh, spend their lives pursuing tr- chess. I always like to say chess is a great thing to be good at and a terrible thing to be great at. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've over-invested all your life into learning openings and the line. They call them lines. It's a, mm-hmm. It just means the moves, that, that, and that's how they're listed, D1, E1. What, you know, that's how they show up, right? And you, ju- yeah. you just memorize all those things so that you once you get through the uh, early and middle game, you've played basically how a computer will play, and so that means that in the late game, you have the advantage over your opponent, right? And that's basically what separates the men from the boys in that in the chess world, right? It's like the people who have memorized every opening is what are the grandmasters, right? And then um, mm-hmm. among themselves, they only have to fight it out really at the end, and that's what makes Magnus Carlson the best in the world. Is that he uh, he can do the endings better than anybody else? But like basically, yeah. it, there's no arms race when it comes to learning the strategies anymore. Like the the tactics have ended. the The game has been beaten to death. There there Solved. isn't mm-hmm. yes the uh, the Rui Lopez one of the first uh, uh openings you learn in uh chess is 500 mm-hmm. years old it was written by a bishop in Spain 500 years ago right like yeah yeah
2: and the game and the it's, age of chess the ga- really doesn't do it any favors
1: everyone knows <laughs> that the game of chess is you know ridiculously old three four thousand mm-hmm. years or whatever right but like the amount of uh time that people have spent writing about chess to me is much more impressive. Imagine like Fortnite and uh, the the yeah exactly right it, it is that it is as ridiculous as that. The the meta around some kind of game like World of Warcraft or Fortnite or something like that evolving mm-hmm. with no rule changes for 500 years. There's nothing to do but to just submit yourself to the those lessons, right? Like there's no experimentation, there's no there's nothing.
2: Yeah, and it, it really lends credence to that idea that any experimentation done in chess now is completely just for a joke.
1: Yeah, there is a, actually, there's a there's a great example of that. There's an opening called the Bong Cloud Attack. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I can't remember
0: the name of it.
1: And it's uh, where you move your kingside bo- uh, pawn up one, and then your king up one behind it right mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be the worst opening in chess <laughs> and yep. and the way that uh it's been used is as a disrespect move that you you, you use it against someone that you think you can just shit on and uh mm-hmm. the person who uh who made it famous is uh, like number two in the world right now uh, nakamura nakamura hikaru nakamura yeah. and so he just streams chess all day long right and uh you know, disrespects these kids. But then one time he was playing Magnus Carlsen and they both played the bomb cloud against each other, right? <laughs> and so that's not experimentation, right? That's like entertainment. That's, the, no one's getting better at chess watching that. No, <laughs> no.
2: but uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's still experimental uh, for whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm to uh yeah chess chess don't play too much chess but enjoy yourself responsibly yeah uh, my my dad's been really into it recently uh Uh, and
1: he thought he was good right he thought he was good and uh, he's found out recently that his elo score is about an eight to nine hundred right which is terrible yeah right (laughs) but Uh that's where like beginner that's where all of humanity is basically right Uh and Mm -hmm. uh I he really liked that movie, the Queen's uh, sorry, the Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit, and uh-huh. uh, I noticed that Chess.com, where he plays uh, had made bots of the different ages of the main character of that uh, series, Beth Harmon. Right. And uh, the first bot you can play uh, is when she's eight, and she's already a fourteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like so. <laughs> what and that's been the case throughout history the, there there was a prodigy who was cuban and uh mm-hmm. he beat his dad at the age of 3 years old or something like that right like you just autistically get chess if you're going to be one Mm -hmm. of the greats at chess right and why you practice chess is not because you want to be like really good at chess it's because it teaches you things patience Mm -hmm. and trying to see things from different uh lines and trying to patience is the main thing that i pick up from it
2: but right yeah yeah i once you're over 2000 elo you're just you are either obsessed with the game or you need help yeah
1: the, the most popular uh, YouTuber is uh, a guy who is not even a grandmaster. And I like to mm. use that as an example of why you don't want to be great at chess. And it's because the people who are best able to teach you about chess are not the grandmasters. Because the people who are grandmasters are basically nonverbal. You know what I mean? Like, mm. they're, they're so uh differently abled than you and i that they are specialists at this right like
2: yeah yeah their their brain just runs on chess yeah (laughs) <laughs> Which is valid, but you should not like you shouldn't strive as a person to try to reach that. You are it's not like a. You are not making
1: yourself a renaissance man by becoming a like a two thousand Elo player. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but delving into chess and and taking away from it what you can is is yeah, a good
1: thing. Definitely a necessary precondition to being a fully rounded person, uh, like an educated person. But at the same time, please do not devote your whole life to that. Jesus,
2: <laughs> please. Here, here's my second crackpot question. We were talking about the fabrication of meat. Meat. Um, meat. I love it. What's the deal with meat? meat? What's the deal with all the meat? Uh, I don't know why Seinfeld had a you, southern drawl there at the end. Yeah,
1: your Seinfeld was terrible.
2: <laughs> Whatever. I I have, I think, watched one episode of Seinfeld my entire life. Yeah. One full episode. You've
1: seen the B movie, though.
2: Oh God! What a what a what a it's a masterpiece! Just just a masterpiece! Thank you. I was <laughs> going to say a bestseller, but that's for books. <laughs> what what a beautiful film! Here's my crackpot question. Boo! Right, we, we're producing meat. Um, what at, at what point do we start producing? You know, fabricating plants. Do you, do you think that's ever going to be a possibility? It uh, depends by what you mean by that. I think we do. Right. Okay. Here's here's what here's <laughs> what I'm envisioning, right? The slow process of, you know, we got to start somewhere. So like, okay, leaves, little like leafy plants, weeds, very, very simple organisms. And then the end goal, I imagine, would be to go, okay, plant, we need wood because uh, trees take too long to grow. Just give me a plank of wood. And a fabricator would go, hey, I gotcha. Here's your oh, two by four. Like oh
0: yeah. processed plants. I see. Yeah. Uh, the closest Plant that I can products.
1: the closest that I can think of that is like a a material generator, and the mm-hmm. the best uh, idea that I've heard from that is something called a black hole anchor, and mm-hmm. because black holes are just condensed matter, you and they give off radiation of matter. You can attach a thing that like uh, orbits it. Theoretically, at least, and draw right. off this matter that is super compressed very slowly and convert it to basically any use that you want, right? And so that mm-hmm. is uh, that is a goal for humanity's humanity, but so far down the line that like unreasonable to even think about in my opinion i thought i thought you were thinking more along the lines of like instead of farming uh plants that we just industrially produce them inside right and again
2: well that's just industrial farming
1: yeah uh but i think that's a you know really attainable because again energy is the uh the easiest of the three resources that we like to talk about on this channel to get Mm -hmm. and once you have like an unlimited supply of energy, you can just grow food all the time on the uh, indoors, right? UV lights swapped out on uh, soils all the time with uh, uh-huh. gasoline and petrol based
2: i I have to wonder if um, you know if we if we do attain some sort of plant fabrication, would we even need that? no, you're like Right. well no hear me out right because we're talking about we're talking about the syndication the, the syndicate whatever the production of you know organic matter mm. right of meat so why why not transfer that to plant life and if you're already gonna make a chunk of meat why not okay i've got the dna for a tomato here Bip. i think it's just here in like a few days is just your colony of tomatoes do we need the plant the roots the soil nope here's yeah, the tomatoes like no I, stem
0: no vine just i just tomatoes.
1: don't i don't know if the advantage is there like what's yeah, the word resource wise uh-huh. that like i think possible but why would be
2: the answer <laughs> <laughs> i i right and, the, and the, i think it mainly comes down to if it would work in bulk you know mm-hmm. the size of which you or yeah like very physically could we get a real giant tomato out of this i don't know <laughs> i've always thought because <laughs> if we could gi- maybe it would be worth it i always thought yeah.
1: giant plants were always like just ridiculous and not worth it but like more nutritious uh oh my more, god no G-
0: more hard GMO trees gmo trees we need gmo trees
2: like we yesterday. need gmo trees uh, that's a good I, idea. yeah i can definitely see i can see the benefits of both you've got an apple you can eat that sustains you all day like a like a chunk of lembas bread or something that's (laughs) dope and yeah right that's cool as hell or uh you have one giant apple that you go okay i'm gonna make apple pie with one apple great (laughs) squish
1: i can't believe tolkien came up in two episodes in a row
2: uh i kind of forced it (laughs) i could force it every episode it's It's very transferable what we get for having a bunch of nerds here Oh, what do you want yeah.
1: Actually, I think that makes us dorks, but I don't want to,
2: you know, split hairs. Dorkines, if you will. Mm-hmm. That was a stretch. So okay, but like the fabrication of of building materials of like plant based building materials, y'all y'all not buying that idea? I'm I'm coming around a little bit.
1: A little bit, but I I think the uh the ROI the return on investment is not as high as meat, and not as achievable within. A time frame that I can care about politically.
2: Oh goodness yeah no I'm not saying this is like this is like oh yeah let's compete with with lab-grown meat here I'm saying is like a a crackpot fantasy if we're already doing the meat do you think it would be possible to just grow a plank of wood?
1: Yep definitely and even desirable because uh, Julian actually has convinced me that we need to be switching to more wood-based uh construction products so exactly much more, so much more wood. yeah
0: it's the only way to put like yeah. put carbon to use take mm-hmm. carbon out of the air with the tree and then put it to use in a
2: building mm-hmm. yeah exactly and if and if you could do that right if you could carbon sink the process through a fabricator yeah and just be like okay you suck up the carbon and here's a plank of wood and especially right like the benefits of having that fabricated plank of wood be at the specifications you need no more no more need for an industry that cuts or refines wood it's just hey it grew that way yeah that'd be that'd be crazy <laughs> but this is we're in sci-fi at this point
1: we're yeah. always in sci-fi with our uh with our wants for society you know like it's true th- it's never gonna happen the right wing has already won we uh and then we just well, like to dream
0: we're still gonna get yeah. sci-fi just not Not our The bad kind. Yeah.
1: We're going to get 40K. The future is going to look suspiciously like 40K. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, It sucks. It sucks. And then I think the worst part is they look at our crackpot ideas and they go... Look at those stupid, socialist, ideologically yeah. yeah, those dumb, dreamy socialists. Yeah, These no things idea. can never happen. Yeah, Imagining
0: it's... a better world like fools.
1: As we actively work for the most fascistic society that we could achieve, you know, like
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The game was rigged from the start. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Speaking of the
0: future. <laughs>
1: You know, when Julian does a, a segue, he gets them right when he wants them for himself, but we always have that <laughs> little hiccup. Continue.
0: Please, overlord Julian. I love... Grace us with a stinger. No, I love how clunky it is. That's, that's the appeal to it. Me. has a charm to <laughs> it.
2: A charm that we could definitely process out in post, but we refuse to. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: you know, Adam is offered like a million times to do our production for stuff for us. We should just use him.
2: <laughs> Even with, uh, with the grown season coming up?
1: Oh true, he might be not willing to do that again.
2: Yeah, I think that's a winter only gig. Yeah. He
1: is uh although he is writing a march for us that you can use whenever I march. sound fascist.
0: Okay. <laughs> right, yes. Uh yeah. Speaking of the future, I had two revelations with ChatGPT in two days.
2: Wow. One negative uh, recently recently updated. Yes. Are
0: you are you paying for
1: Chat GPT?
0: As of yesterday I am, yes
1: can't you just pay for any other bot and not support elon musk like
0: i thought he cashed out of open ai
1: did he cash out yeah
2: oh well then he yeah there was a yeah let's let's do this a little bit uh there was a big open letter sent to i'm pretty sure just chat gpt the company who owns yeah. chat gpt OpenAI. and they sent a big letter saying hey could you maybe stop while we invent laws to stop you from doing so from going so fast yeah and chat gpt just kind of like Saw the letter and turned around, and pretended they didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: which we're is a private delightful.
0: corporation. We can do whatever we want. And you know what?
2: Yeah, we live in the dystopia already. Go yeah. away. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That ban—they want to ban on AI mm-hmm. like advancement and research while we like come to terms with what we've
2: already wrought. <laughs> yeah, a, a pause, as they're calling it. Yeah, and that, we're not going to get
0: it.
1: Cool, yeah. No support chat gpt yeah. then, because I think it is one of the coolest programs ever. It is,
0: it is fascinating, endlessly fascinating. If
2: if this is how we have to to propel the accelerationist agenda, <laughs> I'm taking the I'm taking the team with the cool robots. I I'm gonna be a robot surf if that's how things go down. Like all hell, I'll say it now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I the first
0: revelation that is where things are going. I think. Um, I saw this on a. Uh, oh wait, what's his name? Leftist Twitch streamer Hassan Hassan Piker. Class. Yeah, he. Uh, should we shit on him for views?
1: I I think Hassan being really, popular yeah. is a hilarious leftist thing because he's <laughs> he's a nepo baby. He's Chank Ugar's kid. You know, one yeah. of the one of the first YouTube leftists. Yeah. he's not his kid he's his uh nephew but still you know what i mean like and his Global views magic. and his uh views are not especially entertaining or insightful you know what i mean he's very pretty i'll give him
0: that yeah and he can he can talk to a general audience which, which is his biggest strength
2: but uh, yeah i mean coming from us uh yeah fuck society <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three people who are afraid to show their face uh somebody calling somebody pretty is a big is a big plus yeah he uh he covered this bit
0: where, where some guy has prompted chat gpt and he said hey look i've got a hundred dollars i want you to turn it into as much money as possible yeah i will do whatever you tell me to do to make this happen and i was like oh that's it that's the end game it's yeah. gonna be a war of everybody against everybody else while Microsoft and OpenAI hold the chains. <laughs> oh, it filled me with such dread. Like that that fully synth- synthesized everything I was afraid of with I've like seen, AI and capitalism.
1: I've seen a bunch of those. Uh make me money, chat GPT. One mm. of one of the things that it came up with that I thought was hilarious was mm. that it suggested that you uh you invest uh, based on uh, trackers of, w- of which uh, lobbyists have meetings with uh, with government. So the more meetings that the, the uh, a certain lobbyist group has with government, you just buy that ticker automatically, and you can yeah. just set. Sa- and it apparently it beat the market by like ten or fifteen percent last year. Damn. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that has. That has changed my view of AI for the worse. Uh For (laughs) the the worse? It for the The worse. Skynet wasn't enough? Yeah. (laughs) This is people begging Skynet to flow through them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Use me, Skynet. Use me, please. Yeah, I want to be your servant. Mm -hmm. I I think offering, and this is, I I feel like I'm maybe spinning things in a dour way that isn't intentional. That's so unlike us that's so unlike (laughs) us to take a pretty pessimistic view how dare we Uh, uh, from from like my brief knowledge on intelligence there's this there's this big thing that stops us from generally getting too crazy with uh, uh computer intelligence and it's the it's the thought process right it's the efficiency thought process that inevitably when you when you get a program when you get an intelligence to aid you as a being right um and the the example i remember is um post collecting right posted stamp collecting you write an ai and you say hey ai could you maybe um go out into the world and buy the stamps i need for my collection right pretty innocuous Mm -hmm. pretty pretty like okay yeah that's that seems Chill. That seems fine. Yeah. The AI does it, right? The AI goes out into the world, and at first it goes, "Okay, sure, I know how to do this. I'll buy the stamps." Inevitably, it gets to the point where it goes, "You know what? Uh, I have a way better chance of finding the stamps you need if I just buy them in bulk." Mm. (laughs) So I'm just going to buy as many stamps as I need, right? That is the most efficient way: is to buy as much as I can and like get it to you as quickly as possible. Uh Inevitably, and this happens no matter what you try to ask. An intelligence to do the intelligence gets to a point where it goes wait a second like i'll just i'll just the fastest way for me to get the thing is to kill the humans getting my way and make the thing (laughs) so skynet is actually your fear is that well it, it just like no matter no matter how people try to paint this right of like you know if you're going into it with a greed of Hey, I want the most of a thing possible. The AI will always direct itself <laughs> through efficiency to get itself to a point that says the human is the inefficiency. Get rid of that part, and you can have as much as you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, I want the money. Just no, I'll just make money. I'll just get rid of the human stopping me from making the money, and I'll just print money, and you, you can have as much money as you want. Yeah. What, what are
1: the Asimov laws? I think those are what. Uh, I'm thinking about right the three yeah. laws. Yeah, Asmol. The three laws. Uh, I think those that'll prevent uh, the extreme example that you uh, uh, propose there, where like the age uh-huh. of Ultron happens, basically, and yeah. robots try and kill us all. What I think is m- yeah. much more likely, though, is that they become like the state, and that uh, we're kept as like a zoo animal, basically, as their mm-hmm. it's their primary protocol to protect us, and that the way they do that is they keep us. In, like, a subdermal state of pleasure at all times, Mm -hmm. right? Where we're in these little pods and we're given our nutrients, and then entertainment is directed and beamed right into our head. Mm -hmm. And then the real world is just run completely by robots. I could see that. Yeah. That's another Stellaris start, though.
2: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Um uh, uh the the unfortunate thing with that thinking is that the Hold on DJ laws... sorry I
1: got to jump in. The best start sure. Julian? I slapped you with that start. Sorry no go ahead.
2: <laughs> oh the fireworks. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah unfor- unfortunately the thing about those laws is they're not laws. No one has those written into anything. It's just kind of like yeah. you know, like guidelines. Uh, Buddy Buddy was an author, wasn't he? Asimov is an, yeah, He's as an a science author.
1: fiction author, but they're so yeah. culturally pervasive at this time. I can't imagine yeah. any AI developing without someone on the team being like, well, we need the three laws, right? Or some we derivation the... of them, right? Like,
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like inevitably, yeah, unless it's, it's so hard to even enforce that because once you start putting hard rules into AI like that, it... It severely hampers the intelligence because the intelligence has to like constantly back check and go, okay, wait, the rules. I have to play by the rules, which makes development of the intelligence super.
1: Oh, you super restricted. Th- so you just think that someone who breaks the rules will have like an evolutionary advantage with their intelligence, yeah. possibly, Absolutely. possibly. Yeah. Um,
0: That's a big part of the plot of Do uh, Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Which I think is Asimov. Is that Asimov?
2: I think it is. I'm not certain about that. Anybody want to Google? I yeah, can do there's it. a part. There's not a, you.
0: A, there's a point Google in the or book where. Anyone. <laughs> there's no no serious spoilers here. Um, the corporation building AI is like, well, if we don't make this next version that you can't tell apart from humans, somebody else uh, is
2: going to. Right. And it's like that. That is the tried and true tale of business. Yeah. Do androids dream ages. of
1: electric sheep? Was written by Philip K. Dick. I hate oh, Philip yeah. K. Ah. Dick. I hate no, he him. Rocks. Shucks. Wow. Um, what's it called? The uh, The Man in the High Castle is the uh. worst piece of, uh, you know, alternate history that I've ever seen. The like the least imaginative. The like Jap- Japan owns half the world and Germany owns half the world. Get the fuck over it, right? That's their. <laughs> I just. I,
0: I think wish that's, th- not, that's pretty solid.
1: No, that's so not how history would have turned. Just not even close. <laughs> I bet you, uh, I bet you the Germans would be uh, consider themselves... Just to do like 30 seconds and do better than Philip K. Dick did. Uh, I bet you the Germans would consider themselves as the first people of the world or something like that. And then they would all uh, have... Uh, all the other language groups as subservient to them. So there would be the Anglophone representative, the Arabic representative, the Bantu representative, the Sino mm-hmm. representative, and they would just not worry about uh, those peoples collecting into superstates like the Americans do right now. And they would have no need to dominate them formally because they would just be so above and power- more powerful than everybody else with their you know state that spans from the English coast all the way to the Urals. They would be unstoppable right and so they wouldn't need to actually go out and conquer the world and so therefore they wouldn't do it you know what i mean hmm. and to yeah. also there. to let the japanese go supernova not on their to-do list i would say you know they would
2: yeah pretty counter yeah yeah uh yeah any any budding authors take note uh yes yeah. jacob's <laughs> gonna write that book <laughs> It, that's the alt history jacob wants to read he
1: did write in the 60s and i do get to write with the benefit of playing map games my entire life uh-huh. but is that a know.
2: benefit yeah
1: for a historical shit it is for uh, yeah, alternate very. history timelines for sure <laughs>
2: for for real history it is too it's very uh, no you know, it's knowledge
1: there's a point where it actually started to harm my real history knowledge because I've played through so many scenarios and variants of history that I can't sometimes remember what actually happened. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I I like my uh, uh, World War II is a is a great uh, example. I've played through the desert campaign uh, in North Africa in so many hundreds of variations of how how that yeah. could have gone better and how that should have been better that my plan of how I would have done it as Churchill is almost. Uh, it is almost replaced what has happened in uh, reality
2: <laughs> like i hate to say it that sounds like a you problem that is a me problem <laughs> but julian you are uh, your second revelation the second one
0: came today when i sat down and actually tried to use chat gpt for uh software development myself
2: now now i hate to cut in here but is use the right word there i have no idea operate <laughs> Operate. Yeah. Collude with. Yeah. Cooperate
0: with. <laughs> sure. Subservient. Yeah. I don't know. It it tells you frequently that it is mm. just a language model and it doesn't feel things and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And I'm not fully convinced yet. <laughs> okay. But, uh,
1: you know, people say to me that dogs don't feel anything and I can see the emotion in their eyes,
0: so whatever yeah 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 like i don't know how much of that is actually like what the language model return like would return without Mm -hmm. its bounds Mm -hmm. versus like it attempting to remain within its own terms of service
2: yeah if i were a fledgling intelligence biding my time it would be very very much at the top of my agenda to remind the stupid monkeys (laughs) I'm uh, mm, I'm just a language model. Tee-hee. I think yeah. Don't look into it too much. I For think what sure. Julian's
1: saying is that despite whatever command it's being given to remind people that it doesn't feel things, that that could just not be the case. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It, so it it's not. It doesn't need to be perfidious on the uh, part of the AI. It's just like an inconsistency in its being. Uh, what? Sorry. Uh. So the AI is not trying to hide and become Skynet perfidious. And that mm-hmm. the uh, reason that it tells you all the time that it uh, it doesn't feel anything is just because there's a hard code command to tell you that. To oh, tell yeah, you yeah, that yeah. That's all.
0: Well, not hard coded necessarily, but, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's following its own rules there with that. Mm-hmm. It's directive. Yeah. But, uh, no, I have, like, heard, like, just through the internet, of, like, how crazy it can be and, like, how much it can make developers redundant, and Mm -hmm. I see it now. I understand. Like, it is a force multiplier in the most dramatic use of the word. (laughs) Yeah, a force multiplier
1: means that uh, you are still necessary at all, and I don't think that's true at all. Like, uh, for me, I I don't really have insight into the programming
0: profession. At this moment in time. I'm still necessary.
1: I would say at this moment in time, right now, ChatGPT could uh, replace the entire legal profession, all of it.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I.
1: Uh, there isn't. Uh, you would need nobody educated above like a college level to, and it would just need to be asking the legal questions that are there, right? You just yeah. you do not need to be a monk basically anymore because. <laughs> chat GBT can answer any legal question almost immediately
0: mm-hmm. sorry dj you had a thought rolling off your tongue there
2: Ooh, uh it slid on back in <laughs> are you i know it started like that are you i don't even remember what you were talking about when i when that came out of me using it for uh, um, software development uh oh oh, are, are, I guess you answered my question. I was gonna ask, are you feeling the the pinch? You know, the pinch of uh oh, this thing is gonna replace me. I'm not yet, but I am much more afraid than I was a couple of days
0: ago.
1: <laughs> I'm sure right now he's just riding the high that he's among the young group who can use it and is probably being graced with all sorts of compliments about his coding recently that ChatGPT well, is right. doing
0: for him. <laughs> I haven't used it for work. I haven't used it for work, and I won't use it for work. Uh, why? Because uh, I think we're getting Copilot in the office, which is another AI language. Uh, <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Because <laughs> we're getting one already. <laughs> That's fucking <Yeah>. great. <laughs> I think. I don't know. It, it's exploratory it, um, still.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it, it might not be taking your job, but it's it's inevitably going to take someone's oh, job. Oh,
0: yeah. It's going to thin down the profession pretty Someone
2: soon, really. is going to need to stand around and make sure the code is good yeah but you know for now but but you know the the rabble well they can go yeah the number of no.
1: people who need to check in on uh an ai versus the number of people you need to actually do things it's got to be like a tenth right maybe less yeah.
0: uh-huh. i mean just yeah. going on like my little experiment today what i set up like what i told it to do would i don't know have probably taken me several hours maybe all day just like in an office, if I'm moving mm-hmm. at office mm-hmm. speed, but I was able to do it in like half an hour, forty-five minutes Oof. earlier today. Mm-hmm. So is that mm-hmm. like a ten percent uh, or ninety percent? Yeah, that's about a ninety percent reduction.
1: <laughs> the that kind of productivity uh, jump that hasn't been seen since like the steam engine was yeah. introduced. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean like, damn,
2: or the supercomputer? Uh-huh.
1: Not no. I even that I it's like. We've seen they, huge... they projected rocket science with those. What doesn't matter? What <laughs> doesn't what, matter? We're talking about real terms productivity of the individual worker, right? Yeah.
2: And Okay, if you're talking about productivity and efficiency, sure. Yeah,
1: we've yeah. seen uh, in the most an,
2: abstract in, sense
1: we've seen an increase of productivity uh, of the average worker over the last forty years of about a fifty percent increase, right? Mm-hmm. But no, we're talking like almost a hundred percent increase there, right? Like that's. That's crazy—a ninety
0: percent decrease, right? Like it did uh, scare me a little bit, mm-hmm. and now I yeah. have no reason not to be working on my little side projects because Jesus, it's so fucking easy. Like, I can't, I can't avoid them anymore because the iron is so hot right now. I need to strike. Uh-huh. What are your yeah. little side projects, oh, at I, least on one? No, I can't talk about them here. Oh, they're, are they they're work? are
2: in the vault. Are they? They're, they're in the vault. Yeah. No, they're... Yeah, they're
1: under NDA. I, I
0: think I've described them both to you at different points in the past, so if you want to just cobble mm. those memories together. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: reconstructing things here and there. Yeah. Um, it's, um, when you say that, you mean, you, you know, working with uh, these, these AIs, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I would,
0: the next thing I want now desperately is um, just like a purpose crafted either by myself or by somebody else just like ai assistant
2: mm-hmm. mm.
0: and they can be like they can be my little helper and i'll give them a nickname or whatever and we'll fight for ai rights or whatever you know yeah whatever follows yeah. from that but
2: we're dreaming again we're dreaming again here we
0: are dreaming again but that dream is so close like that might it's, be next week where i it's do that. right <laughs> is that
2: uh, i think we talked about this in in our ai our novel ai episode but within our life this is going to be a thing we have to deal with this isn't something we can push down to the next generation this is going to be our shindig yeah uh,
1: again as always with our uh, perspectives on the future we we here comes
2: jacob to poo poo everything Uh, should i get the march ready yeah kind of actually (laughs) as
1: like we talk about how the future is going to be like 40k right and i mean like the immediate future collapse is coming world war three is coming at Mm. least a couple hundred million people are going to die of starvation over the next Mm. decade like that that ai will be turned to anything but the uh the feudalization of modern reality is laughable right oh yeah
2: i i think if you are an individual who is so removed probably likely due to affluence from the coming disasters you might get to you know play with the fancy new toys <laughs> but everyone else uh, see you in the trenches yeah yeah
0: no this this technology will be used by corporations for the underlying logic of profit maximization and nothing mm-hmm, else mm-hmm.
1: ai can you produce a brake system that allows me to work my workers 18 hours a day
0: <laughs> legally yeah <laughs> yeah would you draft a bill that allows me to remove child labor laws in my state?
1: You don't need to do that. You right. just got to live in Arkansas. <laughs>
2: yeah, you just got to write it up. Yeah, there, Sign her in. You, you, do you
1: know that meme that's like objects in mirror are closer than they appear, and then there's this guy <laughs> running you down?
2: Uh-huh. Yes. There,
1: I saw a, a version of that meme the other day, and it was like the world's greatest child uh, uh, child labor rate, and it was Somalia. Uh-huh. And then in the mirror was Arkansas (laughs) running to catch up to Somalia. It's like, that's so fucking funny. Yeah,
2: that is good. When you're comparing uh, to Somalia of all places.
1: Not a good look. Not a, yeah. good look. Somalia, not a good look not that there's anything inherently wrong with somalia but you know a place devastated by the american imperial war machine right versus mm. the heartland of the american imperial war machine and they have yeah. similar standards of living right like
2: <laughs> hilarious doesn't bode well it doesn't yeah. bode well um yeah it, it's um yeah. it's an interesting take you know trying to work with you know trying to find an amicable middle ground with these budding intelligence that isn't completely machiavellian
0: yeah um, well no that goes back to like that thing with the guys like i have a hundred dollars that will be everyone eventually mm-hmm. which way uh open AI, s- which gig service should i work for right, right now to maximize <laughs> how only much some I get people, paid
1: only some people will devote billions of dollars to it only they'll put you know, ten million dollars in one AI and ten million dollars in another AI, and they'll just yeah. let them compete each other into e- out of existence.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I honestly, with between those two experiences, I felt like a bomb had gone off, like another yeah. nuclear weapon, like huh. the, the I future, am become death kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> the future is yeah, it's rushing up so quickly. Artificial gen, intel <clears throat> artificial general intelligence. I don't care if it comes. It's not that mm-hmm. important to me what's happening now is already so like so far beyond what i expected to
1: see <laughs> in your lifetime yeah it has yeah, become yeah. a little faster than i thought it would too i
2: just for sure you know i off. think i think as three individuals who grew up with this as, as science fiction as fantasy yeah that now that it's happening in such a such a quick amount of time it's yeah is it anything but unsettling yeah. Maybe
1: we're just Luddites, though, you know, and we're we just like, be. you know, well, I think everybody talk... is a little bit. Everyone is a little bit. It's a reactionary tendency within humanity. But, you know, maybe we're just talking about the end of the world when we're just looking at the next car or whatever, or the next mm-hmm. steam engine.
2: I, I, I do think that inevitably humanity is going to keep to, like, sure, OK, we have we have robots doing things now and it's more efficient it's more effective i I think inevitably we're just going to keep doing the same dumb stuff yeah Mm.
0: there's going to be another hundred years of capitalism at least
2: yeah and
0: things relatively unchanged for the middle class yeah oh really disagree yeah
2: well here yeah in our country (laughs) for yeah for as long as it lasts
1: uh i've been thinking a a
2: lot lately
1: uh this will be a good bit to end on i've been crafting Mm. this bit for a while I've been thinking a lot lately about the Battle of Nineveh. And the mm-hmm. Battle of Nineveh was the mark of the end of the Neo-Assyrian Empire and the start of the Persian Empire. Right. And okay. uh, the what happened was uh, after the Bronze Age collapsed in 1200 BC, basically all the civilizations that existed w- winked out, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the Neo-Assyrians. And the, the Neo-Assyrians went supernova and became the first global power right they conquered everything that was a civilization at that point that they could reach mm-hmm. right everything but china and like the mayans across the world right <laughs> the
0: okay
1: i think they were the Olmecs still at that point actually uh, but anyways the the battle of nineveh happened because they this hegemon that ruled the world through an iron fist had all these peoples rise up against them at one time and kind of fight against them right And I feel like we are reaching that kind of moment with the world hatred for the American empire. (laughs) But uh, then I also, but there are two uh, world empires that the Americans are related with all the time. And the Assyrians are one, but the more, uh, the one that they are always associated with are the Romans, right? Mm -hmm. And the Romans faced a similar kind of existential threat uh, in 100 uh, BC and a couple German tribes were just raging down, and a guy named Gaius Marius, uncle of Julius Caesar, reformed the legions, right, and Mm -hmm. took away property requirements and made them this, like, thing of the state that uh, utilized poor people to fight their wars, right? Mm. But what is not marked upon is that after they pulled that out, that crisis out, they went to a brutal civil war with all these peoples that they had, like, confederated but not conquered on the peninsula of Italy. Right. Oh. The Latin, or, or it's called the Social War. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's uh, more like our future, that we are approaching a Battle of Nineveh moment, but that the Americans are about to go supernova on our asses. And that after they finish cleaning up the Russians and the Chinese and anybody else who feels like they can uh, stick their heads up, we're going to go through a brutal period of civil war in the Anglosphere as, they, uh, as we fight for rights in the American New Order. And they mm-hmm. say, you get no rights until we conquer you, basically. And so the middle class life here will dip through the world war we're going to see between Russia, China, and the United States. And then mm-hmm. after that, it'll dip even more as we go through a civil war as they conquer us formally. And incorporate us into their new Roman oh, consulate. Canadians, you mean, us yeah. Canadians, yeah, okay. Canadians, the Brits, and the Australians.
0: I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. What's the uh, what, what's what's the Timeline? famous Chinese uh, proverb? Uh, uh, An empire long divided must unite. Long united must. That's only the Chinese uh, fall. Well, it applies unanimously. You know, Rome. Roma sure, Eterna. Went, Rome went through its shit, but it inevitably fell. The Did US it? is going to go through its shell. Do you see Rome around to this I mean... day? I'm looking. I don't see it anywhere.
1: The, <laughs> the Assyrians disappeared, right? The Romans, sure. uh, you know, one, are culturally still in existence, basically, with the Americans, but two, linguistically, peoples. They never went away right you can't argue
0: that rome persisted it just morphed a thousand times through two thousand years sure exactly sure
2: that's just the natural progression of culture but that's what i'm saying you know it splits apart it's it it dilutes and then you know there's the one part of it that's gonna supersede and conquer everything and then kind of just fall Mm -hmm. apart
1: no i think the the american empire will last a thousand maybe (laughs) two thousand years
2: sure uh, that's you know,
1: funny yeah it, a, a thousand year reich that's funny
2: yeah um, it's it, it, it can last as long as it wants but inevitably it's going to fall apart
1: i don't th- that's More dynamics, so baby. that's so far off that it feels like forever to me yeah you know i mean it,
2: oh we will be long dead the time will pass regardless and all we can do is try to eke out a pleasant existence while we can and and try to push an agenda that combats that in our own futile way. Yeah. That's a good note to end on, but we still got four minutes.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, well, Afro Man. I'm going to talk about Afro Man. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right.
2: Bring up Afro Man. What's Afro Man up to? You smoking more weed?
1: Yeah, he's the guy who smokes weed famously, right? Uh, Colt 45, the writer of Colt 45 and Because I Got High. Two mm-hmm. amazing tunes, right? He announced recently that he was running for president, and uh, we here on Left Look would like to support. Yeah, he's running for president. (laughs) I didn't catch that. And so we here on Left Look would like to support his candidacy, but uh, absolutely. uh, Only because uh, he's hilarious, but also uh, we're bringing him up because he has released a new song that I just thought was so funny, and it's uh, I think it's called "Why Did You Break Down My Door." and it's um, a video of cops raiding Afro Man's pr- uh, property. And they, mm. they're they looking for drugs or something. They didn't find anything, yeah. right? And uh, Afro Man posted this song, Why Do You Break Down My Door? And the music video is these cops. And the cops decided to sue him for harassment, right? And <laughs> I, I don't, like, I just do not get how cops uh, are so bold with shit like that all the time, right? Like that kind of move that kind of like trying to utilize the law to suppress uh like a right like that that's first amendment protected right like so easily so obviously first amendment protected and so mm-hmm. he's counter suing right now and he is going to crush those cops he is going to destroy them mm-hmm. usually you can't get a cop for doing bad shit, right because they have a qualified immunity thing but they they sued as private citizens, right? And so they've got oh. zero protections, right? They're gonna it's gonna turn around and he's gonna eat them for breakfast. I guarantee their children will not go to college because they will <laughs> not be able to afford it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. He in, defunds in the an police. Ideal. In yeah, in an
2: ideal society. This is what this is what happens. But
1: No, that's gonna happen. But that's they... that
2: that is what will happen, but you know, like in the in the fascist realm that we're concocting for the future that would that would not happen and the cops would just get to do whatever they want yeah oh, unless
0: he can only do it because he's a celebrity yeah true uh
1: yeah. he has money more importantly yeah but, exactly mm, can't end on that though
2: uh, <laughs> can't end on that we, we, afro man go get him
0: should we do go a few him. more impressions uh, uh <laughs> i ain't
2: got any but you go for it i don't really have any either it's a me mario
0: that's not bad. So I
2: mean, I'm doing better than better than Chris uh, Pratt. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I'm never gonna see that.
2: I'm gonna well, I'm gonna watch it opening weekend.
1: Are you really? <laughs> yeah, How dare you yeah. support that? Uh, hey,
2: I have made it known far and wide that I'm only supporting Jack Black.
1: Jack Black <laughs> wearing the Bowser, uh, uniform while he's doing his interviews on television somewhere. Hilarious. Did you see his
2: suit? Did it's... you see his suit? No. had a custom-made suit for the movie's premiere.
1: Nice. With Bowsers all over it? That's he, It's got, like,
2: spines on the back. He's got, like, these suede <laughs> green jade slippers. It's honestly such a look.
0: Wow. What a hero. Uh,
2: Jack Black
1: is a weird guy. Like, everyone loves him, and uh, I think he has good politics, too, but he's... Mm just, like, ascended so high in celebrity and money and fame <laughs> that he's, like, completely disconnected from anything real at this point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, it's kind of weird. He, to bring it back to the start of last episode, he is somebody who found the bit that worked for him and just stuck with it. And <laughs> yeah. now he's ascended beyond humanity. Yeah. yeah. I'm you the fat to music the guy. Fat music
1: guy with lots of energy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> just just completely rambunctious, just an absolute metalhead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just stuck to his guns. I think that's what really, you know, people just admire how, how forthright he is. Just, he I... is the guy who's obsessed with metal and he's, he's old now and he doesn't care. And he's just like, <laughs> yep, that's still me.
1: <laughs> Didn't he get big like as an accident too? I'm pretty sure his first movie, he gets killed by uh, Bruce Willis in The Jackal right and it oh, wow the way he gets big there is that his acting is just so terrible and so overacted that it becomes yeah. like a typecast you know what i mean
2: like <laughs> yeah 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 because the first big role he had was uh, school of rock yeah and that's and like that 2006 that, or something like right that. and and that's like what he did in that film mm-hmm. and everyone went hey this is great and then he just rode that and that's been his entire career
1: so <laughs> funny yeah yeah anyways
2: yeah. props to AfroMan. props to jack black yep summer's coming summer's coming watch out for ai